I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 10, Episode 12. I'm Jack. I'm Stato. I'm ASD. And we're going to spend the next hour just enjoying the fact that we beat Arsenal 2-0 in the North London derby yesterday. One of the most comfortable North London derbies ever that I can re- that I can remember, apart from maybe the one, the last one at um, the old White Hart Lane. But I mean, what a victory. The way we beat them as well was just, it's just so satisfying, wasn't it? 100%. I haven't heard any of them say about how we played boring or how we just killed the game we, because they know that they were just controlled from the first minute to the end. They were, they were doing nothing. We could be still playing now and they would have got nowhere near our box. They'd just be pinging balls in from the left and the right. So I, I watched it with um, my mum, dad and brother and um, Sam was saying to me, like I'll, I'll, me and my dad were getting quite nervous in the second half because they pinned us in. Well, it felt like they pinned us in. Just sat there so chilled and was like, we could play this game for hours. We are not going to concede. Let them keep putting the ball in the box. We're just going to head it away. And it was the calmest I think I've ever seen a Spurs fan um, watching a North London derby 2-0 up. Like, he was so chilled. He was like, hey, this is easy. It's game over. 2-0. Um, I mean, let's talk about let's talk about the Sun goal to start with. Oh. What? A strike. like there's a ridiculous goal because up to that point we hadn't really seen too much of the ball right and it was a little bit like to get hold of it and the ball goes up to Kane doesn't it and he's just, he brings it down plays a nice ball into Sun and the rest is just absolute brilliance I mean the speed that he travels with the ball and then the finish is just it's ridiculous and it was one of them like as soon as he hit it what you know, I, I wasn't lucky enough to be there. I was watching it on telly, but as soon as he hit it, you knew it was in. It was just oh, incredible. And there's some brilliant pictures of the camera behind that goal. Um, obviously zoomed in on Sonny after he scored, and you can see the, the, the Spurs fans in the south stand just going absolutely mad. Um, it was just a magnificent goal, wasn't it? It's up there, it's up there with the greatest North London derby goals. It has to be. I mean, what, what more do you want? Like, it. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Reggie did really, really well to draw the defender. Was it Tierney? To draw Tierney left to give Sun the space to go into it. But there's not many players in the world who would have done that, who would have even thought to have done it and then done it. I mean, it's it's easy to criticise in hindsight and say, oh, you know, the defenders have backed off him or the goalkeeper was too far out. With a goal like this, you've just got to acknowledge the impudence of it and the brilliance of it. And the execution, more than anything, because it's you know it's very easy to to smash that high, wide, and handsome. Um, but he's just on fire at the moment, and you, it gives you the confidence to do that. And like you say, people are criticising the way you know they think we're playing because we didn't have the ball so much in a game. When you attack with such speed, that is exciting. It's not like we're doing, you know, what so many teams have come and done to Tottenham is stay in the game for 80 minutes try and nick something, Tottenham often gift it to you. But, you know, that's not the way we played at all. We we lured them and we properly, you know, let them think they were dominating the game. Let them think they were, and like you said, Jack, let them cross the ball with the box all day long. They were never going to win a header against, a, um, you know, with Oba against Alderweireld and Dyer. 
He's apparently he scored three headed goals in his in his career there. Mm. It's not like it's a you know a tried and tested route. It's not like if we're playing Palace next weekend with Benteke, that's got more risk to it. There's a danger there. They've also got better crosses from Zaha. Yeah, and I guarantee you we won't be playing that that way next next no, week. No, and you, you you play to your strengths, and you play also depending on who who your opposition are. We we kind of did the same to City, although there's a lot more danger of them actually being able to open you up. Um, but yeah, you know, hopefully, and I think that and on that point as well, Stato, that we didn't defend like that against Chelsea. Because they had Tammy Abraham, they put a couple of crosses in in the second half, and yeah. then we were like, "Well, we need to stop that cross now." So then we defended a little bit differently. It was just, you know what? It was another Mourinho masterclass. That was what it was. It was just tactically we were set up brilliantly, and the execution of every single player from a defensive and an attacking point of view was perfect again. And it's just, it's the turnaround in those games is remarkable from what we've seen the last few seasons. Like going into the big games. The last four or five years, I've had belief that we can win them, but I've never gone into them thinking we're going to keep a clean sheet and we only need to score one goal to win it. It's always yeah. been games where we're probably going to have to score three to win this game. That, that's been how we've gone into the matches. But now the fact that we can defend like that, it's, just, it's, it's sensational. And you know, Loris didn't have a huge amount to do either again. And it's no. like in all of these games against Chelsea, Arsenal, City, United, of course he's had to make the odd save, but it's not as if... He's been peppered with a dozen shots and he's had to pull out four or five world-class saves every game. Like It's just been such a controlled performance. And it's like... Control, uh, that's the key word, mate. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think that's what it is with, with Jose, isn't it? Like, he controls games without having the ball, whereas Guardiola and Klopp control it with the ball. We're, we're, we're happy for the opposition to have the ball in these games because we know they're not going to get through us. And then we'll just wait for opportunity and hit them on the break. And the, the second goal was a classic example of that, wasn't it? Where, again, they'd had a bit of bit of possession we're in our half and then as soon as we won it back and Aurier did brilliant on that goal as well oh. won the ball back played a fantastic ball in um to Lo Celso who got it into Sun and then I mean Sun to Kane in the penalty area ball's only ever going to end up in one place and that's the back of the net and it was just a brilliant counter-attack there were five players around Aurier when he when he got the ball and tell you what that pass reminded me of it reminded me of Winks against Real Madrid to set up the Ericsson goal which is quite similar where he had loads of players around him, took a second to look at what the situation was, played a brilliant ball through into the middle, which which was winks to Delhi against Real Madrid, and then we were off. Um, Lloris, how many saves do you think he's had to make against City, Chelsea and Arsenal? We didn't concede once, but how many saves do you think we had to make? Uh, had to make? City, Chelsea and Arsenal, probably 10. 10 saves. Ten, that's that's it. Yeah. Bang on, 10 saves. We haven't conceded in nearly 400 minutes. Like and that last goal was Brighton, which shouldn't have we shouldn't have been allowed because it was a foul against Hoiberg. We're we're unbelievable. But that that goal, when it was four on two, that I was a little bit worried in case he he played it wrong, you know, in case he uh, played it like he could have gone to Bergvine. Bergvine was actually in more space than something Kane, but Kane's finish was absolutely devastating. Oh. Like what? That's the stuff you dream of, isn't it? Just, just there was that second as well when it hit the bar where everyone was waiting. Is it in or is it out? And like, I bet every front room or or seat that a Spurs fan was in, that moment of silence where you just wait to see if it has the ball hit the back of the net, and then when you realise it has, everyone just goes absolutely crazy celebrating it, don't they? It was just, oh, it just will never. The goals that when we score against Arsenal, you just celebrate it differently. 
Like it's just pure emotion, isn't it? When when those goals go in, and it was just, oh, I, I'll never ever get bored of seeing us score and beat that lot. It was just, it was, it was fantastic. My, my mate Josh, he he was my best mate growing up. So I used to go him to his house after primary school every day, right? Every day, it was halfway in between my house and school. He was never into sport, uh, you know, which is fine. Then he went to Exeter. That's why I went to Exeter Uni. Then he came. Then he's been in London. And then I had a spare ticket for a North London derby. No, and and I asked him if he wanted to come, so I came. He came to the Walker goal one. Was that two one again? Yeah, I you think know, so. Yeah, I think well, I think we definitely won it. And before he was like, I don't really know. I you know I'm, I've never really been to football. And then when Walker scored and everything had calmed down, when he went through Chesney, he just went, I get it. Yeah. I get it. And it is just different, the North London derby. And even though we say we hate Chelsea more, we hate West Ham more, and I do hate the fans more, there's just something different about winning a North London derby because you know everyone remembers it. Everyone remembers it. Whatever happens, like those 2 5 2 still hurt, you know, and they will always hurt. Every North London derby you remember. And we'll remember these two goals in this performance because it, it was an even. Com- it was more comfortable than the penultimate game at White Hart Lane, the last Arsenal North London derby game at White Hart Lane, where we knew we were going to win. They they were never in it, but this game, they were really never in it. Like, also, I, I, I love the fact that um, Thomas Party, forty-five minutes against Scorpio, can okay, go off. I just <laughs> love that, and it reminded me, and I couldn't remember what player it was. This may be going back four or five years. We drew at the Emirates, but we played really well. And it was Dyer and Dembele in midfield. And one of their midfielders went off because they were ill at half-time, just because they had to play against Dembele for 45 minutes. And it's the Hoyerbjerg and Sissoko effect again. But those two, for me, were just... They were so good in the middle of midfield. Should we talk about the players? Oh, yeah. I, 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 I want to start there as well, because those two have just... like. There's nobody at the minute that's getting in central midfield ahead of Sissoko and Hoybjerg. Like They are literally just the perfect partnership to sit at the base, be defensive. And Hoybjerg's passing range is just unbelievable. Well, like, I think that's crit- so overlooked. Well, that was the criticism of him. When, when we got him, all Southampton fans were like, oh, you know, he's good. He does a job, but he can't pass. But the pass for, to set up Aurea against United, but it was obviously outstanding. And then suddenly... It's it's like we've got a player who can do everything. I yeah. I, I I can't see a weakness in his game. I, I, he, I was gonna say I think him and Sissoko just work so well as well because they're similar type of player, but Sissoko wants to press more and he wants to drive forward with the ball, whereas Hoybjerg will naturally just sit in front of the back four and screen it. And he just he takes the ball in such like awkward areas as well and just makes it look seamless. Like you know what we say about Harry Winks where he, he probably doesn't pass forward enough. Like he just needs to watch Hoybjerg. Watch Hoybjerg get the ball off the centre backs and, and look what he does with it. He, the amount of times he finds Lo Celso and, and Dembele is just it's it's fantastic. And he has been a revelation. Like if his form is this for the rest of the season, it's between him, Kane and Son for player of the season. Like, And it could be either one of them. That's how good he's been so far for me. For me, all three of those and I th- are, our, are, are our best players by some distance. And all I c- you can make a case for all three of them being able to walk in any team in the, the world. Moment. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Which is crazy. When have we ever said that? It's even the heights of Modric and Bale. Modric and Bale weren't who they were at Real Madrid. Or Bale, may, Bale may have been his best in his last year for us. Modric was... 10 times better Real Madrid, but we've never had this level of quality. And it's brilliant for Sissoko because it means he doesn't have to try and do everything. Yeah. He can just do his job and he's doing that really, really well. And while we're here, we've got to praise Aurea, who now is our best right back. 
He's yeah. making more tackles per game than any other player in the Premier League. And he, he, there was a couple of times he was he turned the wrong way. I think he turned the wrong way for the setup for Kane's goal, really. But I, he, he had a fantastic game. None of their attacks came down that side because Bergwijn tucked in and him and Oria were, were brilliant. How much do you think that signing Doherty has improved Oria? He's had to raise his level. Yeah. But then also the work that Bergwijn's doing in front of him, yeah, you can't yeah. discount that because... I read it somewhere today. He's like a piston going up and down, up and down there. And because people question, what, how does he make your best 11? Why is Bale on the bench? Well, it's a, it's about being the best 11. It's not the best 11 players. It's the best team. Yeah, yeah I got it wrong about him. He's got a lot of cover with Bergwijn and Sissoko, who, who often plays on that right side. So they, they do cover him really well. But Aurier has been... It's just... I'm quite surprised because... This season, and I know we're only talking about 15 games, the Aurier mistake has been cut out. You know, what we've watched him over the last few years and he just makes the same error time after time after time. And yeah. you, think, uh, you think, is he ever going to learn? Probably not. But some, I don't know if something's clicked or he's just playing really well or it's the Bergwijn and Sissoko effect. But um, he's he's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant for us. The whole back four has. Like, you've got to talk about Dyer and Alderweireld as well, who haven't actually played that many games together at centre-back. But all of a sudden, just look like they could defend for days and days and days, and we're not going to concede. Um, and the two of them just look like they massively complement each other. And Dyer, for me, has improved a lot, and he's cut out a lot of his mistakes as well. You know, he's oft, often you'd he'd give it away in sloppy areas from the back. Yeah. He'd try and play into midfield, and it just he'd give it away. But there seems to be a lot fewer instances of him doing that. And then who's just the, the the back four just. You know, it might not on paper look that great, but it's just a really well-drilled unit at the moment. Oh, and all of a sudden, players are just doing their job. They're not having to do more than anything or to step up. That, that's what... You have a look at that Arsenal team. When they, they were talking about it was a bunch of individuals, but it was, it was... it was There was no plan. It was all, right, you've got to try and... Each individual's got to try and create anything. I can't remember anything anyone did. Like, William is meant to be this great Tottenham decapitator. He didn't... He did nothing. He did, he did nothing, and Chevalos came on, who I thought was really decent last year, and since they've given him a permanent contract, he's turned guff. Lacazette was terrible, and it, I think I've never seen a greater contrast between a Tottenham and an Arsenal fan in my life. In my, there, there's no player I would take from that team to be on our bench, not even a Aubameyang, who's their best player they're, by a long shot. They're, they're 15th, Arsenal. Like, if Brighton win tonight, they'll go 16th. Yeah. Oh, boy, Keane joked. I think they've got enough to stay up. Like, be in that fight. I'll tell you what it is. They've got Burnley at the weekend. If Burnley went to the Emirates and turned them over, I think Arteta's gone. I, I, I really agree. do. I really do. I think if, if he draw, if he draws, he'd, he'd keep his job. If he wins, fine. If Burnley went there and beat them, I think they'd get rid of him. Because that'd be four consecutive home defeats. Yeah. And just, you know, it's piling misery on misery. I've been yeah. reading Arsenal and Chelsea forums today and they're just miserable and they're, they're attacking each other and none of it is about us at all. The one thing which I, and I, I said this, I might have tweeted or I might have said it in the group, Kane has got to stop backing into jump players that are jumping. It's driving me nuts because he's going to injure someone someday. And I know there's a point everyone does it and the striker does it, but they didn't even talk about that. Um, and have you seen the, the Chelsea fans, the United fans, breaking? Like Chelsea fans are going, it's not everyone who can keep a clean sheet against Spurs. United fans are going, it's not everyone who can score against Spurs. Yeah. What, yeah. what world are we living in? 
and, and, and United's got up six one, but they're still talking about the one. Yeah. <laughs> but that point you make about Kane and the backing in, we all remember the documentary and what did Jose say? The team needed to become a bunch of intelligent yeah, didn't, didn't it? And it's like, and, and like, that's what Kane's doing. That's what they're all doing. And you know what I loved as well? In the second half, when they did have us pinned in a little bit more, but we were in, we were in control of it, there was a period of about 15 minutes from probably minutes 65 to 80 when nothing nothing happened. <laughs> we were just running the clock down. It was throw-ins. The physio was on. We were making the... Ch- like, we just completely killed the game. And I think we're definitely smartening up. We're not there. We're not the full package yet. But we're definitely getting better at managing those games since the West Ham debacle we've got you know since then the game when we've gone two up game over like we just shut it down I think that West Ham game might be the most important game of our season because I think it's the game that told us that told Mourinho look there's something that needs to be done here and told the players look you need to concentrate until the end and now suddenly we're seeing performances like this so that might be our greatest game for this season for when we've when we're lifting the third of the treble but we go look we do point to the West Ham game uh, let's can we go back to the player by player yeah sorry I sort of skipped over the, the centre back so what do we think of, of Toby Alderweireld and, and Dyer then as a partnership what more do you want from him it doesn't get better than that safe secure you're saying, saying centre backs really Oria was a right centre back in that game yeah. Hoiberg and Sissoka were largely centre backs in the game we had a, a very flat six at the back yeah, if you look at the average positions, but, you know, that's still a bit of a falsehood, isn't it? It's still, you know. Yeah, obviously, it's it, there's more structure when you're in ball, when you've got the ball, when you haven't got the ball, you know. Me as um, well. I don't care about all of that. Like, genuinely, like, I've watched us play some brilliant football under Redknapp and under Pochettino without us really having too much to show for it. Like, yes, we've had Champions League football and we had the damage, brilliant. But I do not have a problem with the start, whatever style of football we have to play. Like, it really does not bother me. If we're winning games, I could not care less. The only time our approach in the big games at the minute becomes an issue is if we're losing every time we have a big game. But we're not, we're winning. Yeah. So, you know, what, why would you change it? And to to just echo what Stata said at the start, it's so exciting when we counter-attack. Like, it is yeah. so exciting because it's two free passes and we're having a shot. Rather, and for me, like that's brilliant. That that style of football is brilliant to watch. So I got I got no complaints of it. Um, Reggie at left back. What do we make of him? I mean, he's he's aggressive. He's quick. He he's defensively disciplined. Again, game changer for in terms of where we were last year versus this year. Also, it's a threat. Whether it's used or not, it's always a threat that they can't risk overloading on the other side. Or you know, to to have an accomplished player of, of that nature there is just. It's just really sound for me. And then since the central midfield, so let's let's start with Hoybjerg, who did get man of the match. I mean, that's what 10 out of 10s are made perfect, of, isn't it? Yeah. Perfect performance, like perfect, like faultless. Like there was nothing that he didn't do for me in that game. And Sissoko alongside him? Again, he just, he, he exceeded what we expect of him. You know, he, it was just completely sound and secure. Like it's a performance that makes you go... Thirty million pounds was fine for him. Yeah, bargain. Yeah. Bargain. Yeah. Um, and then Lacelso was the third midfielder, who was the probably the surprise name on the team sheet, right? Because we did all expect Undembele, who wasn't even on the bench. But um, what? How did you think Lacelso done? Especially considering that he hasn't started that many league games this year either. Mm. Yeah, I thought he was a danger to getting a second yellow card. I've got yeah. to be honest, that was my yeah. only concern in that whole game. 
Uh, yeah, he just he was fine. Uh, I think Ndombele would have done a little bit more in terms of attacking and moving the ball, but he did the job. He did exactly what was asked of him, and he did really well to set up Kane's move the goal for Kane's the movement for Kane's goal. He's a very composed player, isn't he? Like even when we're pinned in our half and the ball goes into him, it looks like he's got all the time in the world, and it's like it looks like nothing really phases him, and, he, and nothing really bothers him. Which is such a great trait for a midfielder. Um, I thought I thought he did well, Lacelso. I thought he did well. I thought he passed the ball forward, ran with it well when he had to. And he does. I think he offers something a little bit different to Ndombele without the ball, doesn't he? Where it seems like he quite likes that side of the game. Like he's got a bit of grit and a bit of nastiness about him. Which when you're playing Arsenal, brilliant. Like you, that's what you need. That nine times out of ten, that'll beat Arsenal on its own. Um, then Stevie Bergwijn on the right hand side. I said in the group. I don't get the point of him and I still don't really get the point of him. But having watched the, the highlights and a bit of the game back a few times, you can see how hard he works. And it's that dirty work that wins you the game. He's not starring, but he was just enough of a distraction or a blocker that stopped a lot of Arsenal from There's an effectiveness doing a lot. to his He's play so isn't good, it? rather yeah. than a, you know, a massive output that's visual, you know. He's yeah. such a strong runner and he's so powerful. Isn't it like when he gets going, like, like he just shrugs defenders out the way as if they're not there, and it's like he's probably not as quick as like Sun or Reggie, but like when the ball's at his feet, you can't knock him off of it because he's he's, he's got such a wide frame. I didn't. Sorry, mate. Go on, sorry. I didn't experience this personally when I refereed, but Jack, you play to play against someone who's so physically imposing. It's physically tiring. You're constantly bouncing off them when you're Mm. trying to outmuscle them, trying to strengthen them. So actually it's having a more than sort of, you know, positive effect because it's negating from them. 100%. Like some of them Arsenal players that would have been on that side would have felt like they'd been beaten up at the Mm. end, like just by, just from having to run and have shoulder to shoulders with him. Like he looks horrible to play with. Oh, to play. Sorry. It's because we're, if you're bigger than the opposition, you're dominating and you're telling them what you're going to do physically. But because they're being dominated, that they're then having to think, right, I'm going to have to adjust my movements and to, to compensate. And they're always having to think, always having to think, which is exhausting. When, and it, I reckon if we, like, I love Mourinho's um, interview afterwards where he was saying, you know, we could have gone out and hurt them more, but why? We were in complete control. And I think if we if we wanted to, we could have scored three in the last ten minutes if we wanted to, but we just didn't need to. And um, I think because of West Ham, suffered... don't you feel? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think it might be the most important game of our season. And um, the Ho- Hoiberg, I, I was so surprised at half time. The pundits on Sky were talking about how he was a surprise that this game he was playing really well. That's the same he's been playing all season, and it's because I think if you watch highlights, even extended highlights, you don't see the work that Hoiberg does. I think you'll see even when we're allowed back in the stadiums, you'll see ten times more work that he does, telling players what to do, his movement, his reading of the game, and I think it's the same with Bergvine. Bergvine will be just out of shot, dragging people all over the place with his movement and things like that, and I don't think you get to see it. And you, You've got to remember, when people are writing newspaper articles or they're doing their player scores out of 10, they've got to submit those within five minutes of the game finishing. So they've just got to write them. There's a lot of cliche, a lot of platitude, get it out. Whereas actually, the people who watch them day in, day out, they know how hard these players work. And they, they can see the, the effect on the game. And it's easy to get overturned by the media. But what, 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 what a season we're having and what a bunch of players we brought in. Sorry, I'm, get, I'm getting excited because we, we, we're amazing. We've, let, we've left the best till last anyway to talk about performances with Kane and Son. 
But I mean, again, I, I don't think that Kane was as influential in the game as what maybe has been in previous weeks. But when he was in it, it was just like every time they link up, like we create a chance. It's just I know there's a lot, there was a lot of pundits saying, oh, it's easy. You know, you know how Spurs are going to play. You, everyone knows how we're going to play. But sometimes it, how do you stop a ball into Kane's feet, stop him turning and playing a ball into Sun? Like it's difficult to actually stop it. Like you think back to the brilliant Pep Guardiola Barcelona teams. Everyone knows how they're going to play. How do you stop it? Like, everyone, everyone knows how the Liverpool. Liverpool team play. How do you stop it? Like it's it's all well and good saying that, but if some someone needs to come up with a formula about actually how do you stop us? Because at the minute, lots of teams have tried and nobody Everton are the only team that have got a good result against us. So granted, that was the first game of the season as well. So Kane and Sun for me is the best strike partnership in the world at the moment. Like there there is no front pairing that is even close to them, which is just ridiculous. So Kane has always been up there as you know, the best centre forward, but the fact we've got two of them now is just, it's it just, must be awful playing against them. Well, it's just, it, it's just horrendous to play against them because one's deep, one can ping a ball anywhere on the two pence piece and one will run and run and run all day, can finish either footed, short, near, he's just sharp. I, I don't know how you play against them. I, I don't. And I think that curse of the, the, the pundits who was saying all this rubbish about us. That's just because the majority of pundits now are ex-United, ex-Liverpool and ex-Arsenal because that was the end of the 90s. That's the teams they came from. They were the dominant forces. And they don't like Tottenham. They, they see them as a bit of a ridicule team. And so they're going to criticise us no matter what. When we play Chelsea, when we play Arsenal, when we play United, when we play Liverpool, it's always more about those teams. Look at look at the punditry after the game. They had Alex Morgan. Not Alex Morgan. Uh, what's the, what's the name? Scott. Alex Scott uh, got Alex Morgan. She scored for us, and they talked about Arsenal the entire time, not the team that just battered the other team. And it, can I say that my favourite bit of punditry in the whole game was from oh. Jamie was from Jamie Redknapp when Ben <laughs> Davis was going to come on, and he said he's going to put Ben Davis on the right, and it's like he's he, he's he's never he's never played there, and he was getting all the player names wrong. Was it, it was it was comical. What did he call Sissoko? Sissoko. Sissoko's coming on. That was player. What a player he'd be. Right, he would be unreal, wouldn't he? <laughs> that was painful, though. Jimmy Redknapp, um, I saw somewhere the other day, someone described as having the IQ of a room, of room temperature. That is Jamie Redknapp to a T. I can't believe he's an author. How has that happened? Well, when he finished his first book, he said he'd colour in another one the next time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Uh, but what a, you know, what a great result. That's, you know, we, we said going into these games before we played City, Chelsea and Arsenal that this was going to be the tough period of the season. And so far out of those big games, we've taken seven points and we conceded, you know what I mean? Oh. None. It's just, it's remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. But um, now we move on from those and the next games become the most important. Yeah. Because if you don't back these up with results, then they kind of negate because that's, the old Tottenham way. Yeah, well, look, Liverpool have had all these injuries and they're joint on points with us, right? So it's a, it is a six-pointer. They're not joint, they're behind us. Sorry, they're behind, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're behind. Well, they're joint on points, aren't they? they yeah, but oh, they keep their fans keep saying they're joint top. It's no, like, no, no they're still different. Yeah, if the season finished today, would you be joint top? No. So, yeah. They're... Um, <laughs> Oh, they're level points on this. But Stato, I know that you're 
you listen to an Arsenal podcast that I listen to as well, and they are checking our running now because they just can't. They, they they, that's the highlight to. for me. Oh, they are so scared. This is honestly one of the best seasons ever, and it is all thanks to Mourinho. Like it's the recruitment of Mourinho. We've got to put it down to him. It must be if you're an Arsenal fan. This must be the worst season so far ever for them. The fact that they're fifteenth. They're talking about their manager going. People are saying they're in a relegation battle. Spurs are top and flying. Like this must be the nightmare season for them. It's when you see your rivals doing everything you wouldn't want your team to be doing. And look, you can't deny there's been a periods in the past where, you know, we can be, you know, nothing but envious. Um, they're just, you know, obviously we we tend to see and hear more on social media from the likes, the clowns of, you know. AFTV, etc. The voices that shout the loudest, but you know they are the ones. They're all feeling it. They're all as hurt. I mean, they've won two games against us in the league since the 2014-15 season, wow. and this is now a, a long run. And we've won six. It's not like there've been a ton of draws in that time. But the but, draws are you know, all at their place, aren't they? Sorry? The draws are largely at their place. Yeah, we that's true. Tend to win at our place, and so the, they they know where the balance is. That's an incredible statistic. I can't get my head around that. I can't get my head around that. That's it's still like five, six years. They've beat us twice. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? But I mean, look, what we could talk about. You could talk about that game for hours and just how much fun it is beating Arsenal. Purely so, because one of my best mates is a massive Arsenal fan. And growing up, they were the Invincibles. You know, when we were 15th. So it's just, it makes it even better. It, to me, it was, like you say, the footballing equivalent of, of holding a dwarf, uh, you know, at arm's length and kicking him in the bollocks because Amazing, they, they couldn't hurt, hurt us. Whatever happened, they couldn't hurt us. No. Dyer and, you know, Alvaro would have headed balls away all day long. They would have won every ball, but the crossing was so desperate that they barely ever needed to. Yeah. I reckon Ro- Rodon would have, the rider of Rodon would have done well in that game as well, just because this is perfectly suited to him. My dad says he's not sure about it because it's not the Tottenham way. It's not push and run. It's not that attacking football. And what did someone say? It's not push and run, but it's like run and sprint or something like that. It's you know, it's it's still fast. It's still you know, That's what it's I'm not saying. turgid. It's not Allardyce football or any you know, terrible things like that. And what did at the start didn't com- didn't the Martin Tyler um, say on commentary that two 0 actually is Mourinho's favourite victory uh, favourite result. So it's not like the old boring, boring Arsenal, 1-0 to, you know, George Graham's Arsenal. It's actually much more than that. And if you're going to do it the way we are winning games, but we have a flourish to what we do. I think people are forgetting, like, we've scored a lot of goals in games. Like, we hit South, uh, Southampton for five, United for six. Like, it's not as if we are just grinding out a 1-0 every week. Like, we're hammering the little teams as well, and Arsenal. It's just... It, and we're in the little teams. It's a it's a perfect balance for me at the moment, uh, isn't it? But we've scored so many goals. You have a look at the goals we have scored. They're, they're unbelievable. This is not Stoke. We're not stinking the place up. Yeah. From, I love defensive football because you have to be perfect. You can't let anything go. And I absolutely love watching this. I do not agree with Sky. Um, uh, and I was thinking about they say it's peak Mourinho. I I'm not sure. I mean. One of Mourinho's greatest ever performances was, I think, the Chelsea 
Barcelona won. Was that away at Barcelona when they needed at least a point and they won it with the it's the Torres orgasm goal. You know the the um, Neville orgasm goal where they literally played every man behind the ball and if they got the ball they would just kick it back into the butt and it's not like that. It's not like that. That wasn't Mourinho, was it? Was it not? Be Matteo. Yeah, Well, the Chelsea Barcelona. He's been at Real Madrid by then. Was he? Yeah, it was two-two on the night that game. All right, I've got that completely wrong in more than one way. But good fact. It was, a, it was nicely told anyway. That's why I didn't come up when I searched Mourinho, Chelsea, Barcelona. All right. <laughs> well, his great success was with Inter at Barca, wasn't it? Yeah. Winning the semi-final. Winning but losing, wasn't it? Yeah. Losing that's, one more. That's the effect that I'm thinking. Yeah. Let's let's move okay. on. Should we talk about Royal Antwerp instead? Um, who we're playing Thursday night in the Europa League, which is a game that we're already through in the group, but we Quite important that we win it though, just to yeah get top seed. You don't really want to be second, um, you know, because you could end up with a much tougher opponent in the next round. You know, it's it's always in the in the Europa League, you could be the standout favourite all throughout the group stages, and then some half decent teams drop down from the Champions League, and all of a sudden you're fourth, fifth, sixth favourite. So. Yeah, and there are, you know, like Real Madrid could end up in the Europa League. Like yeah, if they don't win their last game, Madrid are in the Europa, which would, imagine that, that would be unbelievable to see Madrid there. And it would be Spurs luck, wouldn't it, to come second in the group and draw Madrid in the knockout. Mm. But is it, is the first knockout round seeded? I'm not, I, I don't quite know how the draw works. It's a mix because there'll be, there'll be eight teams coming down. So not all, only four of those teams coming down will be seeded. Fine. Fine. So but if you like to say, it's important for us to win to just keep the run going as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like we want, we want to win, and it's good for those players that haven't played as much football to have an, another opportunity. But and that's the key. it the... gives the squad football, keeps them happy, and also, you know, this is the biggest thing I think. <clears throat> players in demand to play on a Saturday who don't then perform on a Thursday, Mourinho's going to say, "Well, sorry, you had your chance, you didn't take it." So it actually makes them raise their level, which we didn't really do last week in Lask. Um, yeah, that was, that you was know. poor, wasn't it? And we lost to Antwerp, didn't we, in the in the away game? They beat us 1-0. Yeah, we, that was the one we massively overestimated, uh, underestimated them. Yeah. But, uh, so hopefully we'll be better prepped for them this week. But I can't see anything other than a home win there. Like it's the, the away games in the Europa League are always the ones that make me a little bit more nervous. But mm-hmm. getting them at home... Especially with the fact there's a few fans there now as well on the surface, big pitch. Like I can, I can't see any other outcome other than us. There's beat. a sort of sense of awe for the opponent, isn't it? Coming to yeah. a, to the new White Hart Lane, coming to a Premier League ground, uh, and you know, and then you've got people like Viniscus who's so hungry. Bale, you know, he didn't even get on at the weekend, yeah. so he's going to going to want an opportunity to show. You know, Palace might be more of a game for him rather than Bergwijn. Yeah, you don't know what's in Mourinho's mind. Um, yeah, yeah but I, I think we'll turn. I think we'll turn Antwerp over. I think that'll be a relatively comfortable game. And then it's Palace at the weekend, which you know they're off the back of a cracking result. I know they're playing West Brom, but still, they you know they score five goals there. Like they'll have a lot of confidence. And Palace is always an awkward game. Like no matter what type of form they're in, where they're on the league, they always make it difficult. And you, mm-hmm. they're, they're basically just a, a, a nowhere near as good version of, of us where they get men behind the ball in the bigger games and they attack with pace on the break. 
And Zaha is always a threat. Jordan Ayew is not a bad player as well. They've got experience at the back. It's not going to be an easy game for me playing against Palace. Um, well, and it's another North v South London derby, two weeks running. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we see Delhi, you know. It might be just, he might throw a bit of a curveball. Maybe Delhi plays in the week, but um, Palace seem to be a bit of a bogey. They feel like a bit of a bogey team to us. Like, Can I always... disprove that? Yeah, please. They haven't won in the last 10 Premier League games against us. What? We've had a lot of one. We've been one draw, nine wins for Tottenham, and we've had two losses in the FA Cup in that time. I'm having a shocker today. Lance. But yeah, 2015, <laughs> we lost 2 1 in the January. And that was the last. Yeah. Kane scored, didn't he? Yeah, I'm just double checking that. I'm not as. Yeah, he I did. I remember it. I've got the stats yeah. up. Wasn't yeah. that White Gale and Jason Punchin? Hard you had just taken over. I think at Palace yeah. at, at, at that game, but you know what you're getting out of a Palace team and a Roy Hodgson team, so it's not as if they're going to throw any curveballs at us. Like I think that Palace will be a game will be a game for Bale, where they're just going to sit in and we need those moments of magic. We need people that can shoot from distance. So I think it will be a tough one against them, but I think that we'll we'll narrowly get through it at the weekend. So I, I think we're going to win both games. We've just got to be on our metal, haven't we? We've got to to keep up this run. Um, the thing is, Mourinho, and he's not asking us to, to stand there and defend and back to the wall or anything like that. But whatever he's asking us to do is getting results. So the players are buying into it. There's no dissension in the ranks. There's no one going off, you know, on, on doing their own thing. No, it's magical. Shall I give you a little quiz to do? Please yeah, do. Yeah, that's it's, this is quite a, it's quite a hard one. So, Stat, I don't know if you listened to the Ooh. pod last week, but what we've said with the We Are Tottenham Hotspur quiz now is I'm just not going to give you any players. Right. You've just got to get the whole side. Okay. Um, so I've gone I've gone back a little bit for this one as well. This is the FA Cup third round, January 2004, and it was Tottenham Hotspur three, Crystal Palace nil. So I was at the game. I definitely remember that. 2004. So we're talking. That's a. Oh no, it's a little bit late. I'm just trying to work out where I was in my life, you know, so I can start to think about what. Right, I, was. I remember Gus Poyer got sent off. So I'm going to say Gus Poyer. Gus Poyer is correct. He was in the side. Defoe. No. Lennon. No. Garley. Robbie Keno. Robbie Keane up front. You got Ledley? Ledley King, correct. Stephen Carr, right back. Stephen Carr, right back. What's that? Um, The other other centre forward that played up the Robbie Keane scored a hat-trick in this game. Oh, um, Freddie Canute. Freddie Canute. Jeez, yes. Freddie Canute. So he I'm looking... just control the ball with his chest, like no football I've ever seen. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like it was a massive target on his uh, on his shirt, and he could just bring a ball down dead on his chest. He was the most laboured centre forward. Like he made Adebayor look like a work. Languid. I wouldn't. Laboured definitely is Adebayor, but languid I would say for Canute. Um, so I'm after I'm after a goalkeeper. Um, Casey Keller. Casey yeah, Keller. Keller. Casey Keller's correct. That would, that would have been his only ever clean sheet for us, I reckon. <laughs> so you've got Steve Cart right back. Um, what about left back? 
sounds about the Tariko era. Yeah, Maurizio Tariko. Did he get a red card? He often got red cards, didn't he? Uh, he he sent off twice in a week against Chelsea, once in the league, <laughs> once in the cup. He was a terrible left back, wasn't he? Um, now, you've you've named Ledley, but Ledley was, by the looks of the form... Uh, no, it looks like we might have been playing... We're just like we were playing three at the back, maybe, in this game. Um, so you've got Ledley, so only two other centre-halves. Doherty? Ginger Pele is... Really? Wow. A, a random. And the other um, centre-half is English. Huge, about six foot five. Quite a lanky centre-back. Tony G. Anthony Gardner. Blimey. Gardner. With Gardner and Doherty in the heart Some, of Sometimes you can put a player in there like completely the wrong, not generation, but the wrong era. Like I just I couldn't have placed him there until you gave me the clue. Gary Doherty. So then you've got Gus Poyer, you've got Canute and Keane. So I need I need two midfielders. One was a Frenchman. Mal Brandt? That's too early. No. Um he was on loan for us in this season. Oh, he was a fat, skillful guy. <laughs> Um, me, no, not skillful. Um, <laughs> Dalmat, Stefan Dalmat is correct. Jeez, and then the the other mid a really good goal against Wolves, but I don't think he did anything else. But I remember him being unbelievable. But then when you like watch the Premier League years, he was just like s- slightly better than Paul, yeah. like, made him look brilliant in that side. <laughs> that was us for that yeah. era. Um, so I need the, the one remaining midfielder. Um, who's an Englishman, and his first and his last name both start with the same letter. Rowan Ricketts. Nope. Oh, I never want to say that name. Uh, my worst ever 11 is. Uh, the letter's J. JJ? Jermaine. Oh, Jackson. Johnny Jackson. Johnny Jackson. Johnny Jackson. But this, this team in 2004 was Casey Keller in goal, Steve Carr, Anthony Gardner, Gary Doherty, Ledley King, Maurizio Tarico. Stefan Dalmat, Johnny Jackson, Gus Poyet, Freddie Canute and Robbie Keane. Dreadful, dreadful side. And I can't believe we went through. How did we do in the next round? 3-0. We won that game as well. I don't think Palace could have been top flight then. I don't know, but... I mean, I don't really know. They had Wayne Routledge and Ben Watson and Andy Johnson playing. Routledge must have been young because we stole them off him. When he was an embryo. I wonder if that was the game when we saw him and nicked him. Did you say Ben Watson? Ben Watson. Well, he went on to score winning goal in a cup final, so some FA go. Cup pedigree there. There you go. Oh, that was a great game, wasn't it? Oh, that Wigan, oh, that was... I very rarely get excited like as a neutral, when genuinely mm. you're neutral, but I was up cheering as if Spurs had scored in, in that, yeah. that final when he got that header. It was mad, wasn't it? Oh, it was just... Did you know <laughs> the Wigan chairman, Dave Whelan... He used yeah. to play, and he played in the cup final. Did he? Yeah, I don't remember anything else about it, but I don't think it got mentioned at all in the press at the time. So did, well, didn't it? And he might have had an, a bad injury as well, maybe. <laughs> I think he had. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I heard that. I think I heard somebody say that at some point. Yeah, that was so good. The build up to that. It was a bit oh, weird oh. him leading the team out. I know it's his baby and all that, but that was a bit weird, wasn't it? It was just all. Oh, Actually, they'd still be in. Um, playing park football if it weren't for Dave Whelan yeah, I honestly I think he's deserved that one oh, fine. <laughs> no, fine. I mean their ground was called Springfield Park and it was beyond dilapidated I mean it was just horrendous so 
you know, I think he, he built that stadium. I suspect it was more for the rugby team for than for the football team. Um, I went up to that, the new Wigan Stadium, and watched us lose 1-0 to a 90th minute Manuel Figueroa goal. And it was one of the most dreadful, dreadful games of football I've ever seen. And we went back the following year because we were like, we can't have that. We yeah. That those tarnished. And uh, and we drew nil nil the following. Oh, yeah. So we didn't go. We didn't go again. Bit of a donor. Yeah. Watched three hours of football at a white weekend and didn't see a score of goals. Is there is there a ground you've been to ASD where you've never seen us win? I mean, yeah. I mean, I've, I went to Everton and watched us lose three two with what's his face score. I kind of mean like more than once, but yeah, no. Um, I've seen us play Chelsea a couple of times and never win. Oh, that's not fun. No, I've seen us. Um, I've never seen us win at Old Trafford, and I've seen us lose to Woolwich at Old Trafford as well, which was galling. Uh, that what was that semi final? Semi final. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal's last game. Maynard Figueroa has just fit as he's a free agent now. He's he, he's just finished playing for the Houston Dynamo. Good long range uh, shooter, wasn't he? Didn't he score that free kick from 70 yards at Stoke? Yeah, Stoke, wasn't it? It was in his own half, wasn't it? And it was yeah. like a clearance watching it on the telly. And he they went were wearing an orange Dutch. Maynard Figueroa. Yeah. The Honduran. Yeah. He played for Victoria Olympia, Wigan, 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 Hull, Wigan, Colorado, Dallas, Houston Dynamo. I haven't got him playing for Stoke at all. Well, no, the goal was at Stoke. Wigan, oh, my bad. With the away team, sorry. I'm in a shocker here. Yeah? I just... Don't worry, man. It's what, it's what you brought me back for. <laughs> I'm out of retirement. <laughs> You're my crutch. You're my Hoiberg. <laughs> what does that make you, then? The Oreo of the side today? How dare you? <laughs> um, that's everything on today's agenda. Have you got any other business? Do you ever get when you're just sitting there going, like, I wonder what Martin Pedersen's doing? Or what, what's Mark Poom doing? Don't you just remember... Who was the first one you said? Uh, Martin Gantz Pedersen. Oh, Gantz Pedersen. Right, oh, OK, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like the absolute staple of my fantasy football team. <laughs> Do you remember yes. he punched in the chest by Joey Barton that time? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like he really shocked, wasn't he? It wasn't like... Left him, yeah, and Barton then slagged him off being like, I barely touched him. It's like the camera shows you punching him in the stomach. Yeah. He... Uh, what has happened? He was like... He was both, like, everyone knew he was scum for putting a cigar out in a boy's eye in the McDonald's car park. But then everyone thought he... Oh, you <laughs> But then he was, like, and headbutting people and kicking people and stamping on people. But then he'd be doing Smith's lyrics on Twitter and everyone would be retweeting him. But he seems yeah. to have gone a bit quiet now. Is he a manager or something? Fleetwood? Fleetwood Town, yeah. But didn't he get, like, he was going to be charged with something and then it's all been sort of gone away, but there was definitely dodginess going on allegedly and he and he played for Marseille as well didn't he that was strange he had yeah. a year there on loan you know he had a spell though didn't he about 12 months at Newcastle when Newcastle were doing quite well but, yeah. and, but then he was touting himself to like get in the England squad and you were like oh right okay we did get in the England squad he got an England cap got one cap I reckon <laughs> so he's got more England caps than Mark Noble brilliant oh, so have I <laughs> That is fantastic. <laughs> um, anything else? No, I just loved it. I just loved that game. That was, it was just, I was nervous, but I predicted five. So I'm, I'm a little bit annoyed we didn't get five, but it was, ne- we were never losing that. I'm more nervous about this Palace game. What would you think the score's going to be for Palace? One nil. Two one. We're going to concede. 
Yeah, they're, they're a dangerous side and we we have lapses. It'll probably be like Gary Cagle in a set play or something like that, oh, wouldn't I it? Hate something like that. You just yeah, wonder if like the likes of Sissoko and Hoiberg will shine more against the better teams. Yeah, definitely. I'm not saying that they would, you know, not play to the best of their abilities or be, you know, disrespectful to the other team and expect to just coach through it. But I just think you get more chance to shine against the De Bruyne or Sabios. No, maybe not. But like I just I look at that I looked at that Arsenal team right at the weekend and I genuinely thought I could give that their midfield a game. Like I would not be scared playing against their midfield. Like and <laughs> how ridiculous. Like genuinely put me up against Granite Xhaka and I'm thinking I could I've got the beating of him in ninety minutes. Like genuinely. That's not even me being deluded. Like I'd I'd look at some of them players and think, how are you planning in the top flight for a, a side or a club as big as Arsenal? Like it baffles me. Would you take any of their team yesterday in our squad? Saka. Am I, but as a it, prospect, I mean, I, I know, I understand why you've answered that. But you take the goal, you take their goalkeeper as a backup goalkeeper. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, but I probably mean. I wouldn't take then. any of their first team. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I'm a fan of, and Saka, I like. I enjoy seeing him play for England. They're the future. But I mean. Party, I mean, he was injured. I mean, Bellerin's decent, but I wouldn't take no, him over. Anything. Not anymore. Like, on Those... current form, none of none of them players get anywhere near our starting eleven on current form. No. If you're talking all round total ability, then there's a case for some of the attacking players, but on current form, no chance. Yeah. And long, Ericsson, long may that Ericsson. continue. Well, Ericsson could do a job for him. Like, he's he really that could... picture of him where he's shaved. I don't know if he's shaved his hair or his hair's falling out. Um, and he got brought on in the 92nd minute and he's just standing there. He looks so miserable. He looks so miserable. Would you take know. him back? No. You don't think he adds anything to this team? I think he, but I think he, if it wasn't Ericsson, then you'd say he's probably worth bringing in. But I, I don't, I think it, it, it'd be coming back for the wrong reasons now. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think you're right. I don't think it would suit him to come back and not start. But if they, better, if better off going like, off and playing at a... If, if Ericsson was a guy that basically had had the situation but had been at City, for example, and was now into, then, then it would be like, yeah, actually, he might he might bring something. But I just think it would be too too emotional, isn't it? And we're becoming a non-emotional side now, which I love. He'll um, never hit those heights either. He, he won't hit that, that height that he did in 14, 15, 16 as well. And so we'll always be wanting him. I think we'll have the same with Bale. We'll always want him to be something that he's, he's not quite going to be, you know? And I, I love that boy. I love that boy. I, I loved him at Ajax. I was so excited when we bought him for such a small amount of money. I, and he, he just, he let me, I, I don't want him back for how he treated us at the end. I know he tried he was poor. I don't he think wanted... he ever gave up. I, I really he think the fans up. were overly harsh on him, like fan bases have become. And there's a small element of ours on Twitter that are like a lot of other clubs where it's just reactionary and just, you know, nonsense. But um, my, my, yeah. issue, my issue with Ericsson was when you come out and publicly say you want to leave, you back yourself into a corner. And That's it's true. like there'll be so many players that have left Spurs over the years that probably kicked up a massive fuss at the training ground and had a chance for Christian, but didn't go public with it. So fans don't really know. But mm. I just as soon as you do that, you you do back yourself into a corner. And the problem for him was he would be he was being touted the year before at Madrid, Barcelona. 
and then he he puts a chance request and it's actually like no you haven't played well for 12 months yeah so it's like you're going to end up going to Inter Milan who are the only side in for him and working under Antonio Conte like it just that was one of the strangest moves for him you know because he clearly didn't fancy the Mourinho style he just had to get away didn't he really yeah. it was just it, it's a shame what's happened to him and for me, he's the type of player for me that could end up like rocking up at like United. Like that could be the kind of signing that they make. Mm. Although they've got a lot of players that are similar, like that would be the type of thing that could happen. Yeah, uh, I can see Pogba leaving them signing Ericsson and then they're not really doing it. Or like, would he dare end up somewhere like Chelsea? Because there's always talk that Kante is going to get sold to Inter, isn't there? All the time. I wonder if there's ever anything they could do there. Would he go there? He's, he's not going ahead of Mount, is he? The, you, you wouldn't go to play second fiddle to Mason Mount. I don't think you would, but you never know a football, do you? No. no, it's true. But look, let's have our fingers crossed for two more wins this week. Keep the spot, and then when we're back podding next week, we'll just be talking about how we're one game close to winning the league title. So uh, something for us to look forward to. But ASD, go and check that running. There you go. There you go. ASD, pleasure as always, and Stato, great to have you back on. Like we've thank you for having me, guys. I'm so blessed to be here. Don't be a stranger. And thanks everyone to listening. And remember, whatever happens, future's bright. Future's Lily White. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.